understanding how a partnership might be structured requires a little bit of learning to, like you say, explore where are those synergies? What are, what would be benefits to our customers? Hello everyone, my name is Maciej Nowak and welcome to the Awesome to Know podcast where we discuss all things WordPress. My today's guest is Rosalind Lavery, who is Director of Partner Management at WooCommerce. And as you can imagine, we are discussing partnerships today and we are looking at different ways companies can cooperate through partnership lenses and what does it mean that cooperation is a partnership instead of different business model. And at the very end of our conversation, Rosalind also shares a framework through which you can look at signing any kind of agreement, not only partnership agreement, that helps a lot in opening a lot of um, doors in your head, let's say. So this is a very interesting piece at the very end of our conversation. And uh, if you want to lear keep learning more about WordPress, please subscribe to our Awesome to Know no newsletter at awesomestudio.com slash newsletter. And if you are watching this on YouTube, give us a thumb. This means a word to us. And without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Roslyn Lavery. everyone, it's good to have you here. We're glad you decided to tune in for this episode of the Awesome to Know podcast. The whole discussion will be centered around partnerships and maybe as a starter for our listeners, because, you know, partnership is a very popular word, but I would love to know from your perspective, how, how would you define partnership versus, you know, many other forms, but, you know, what is partnership as like for starters? It's a great question, and I think it's uh, <laughs> my my start will probably be it depends, which is always the best <laughs> the best version of an answer. Uh, for me, I think it is about finding sort of shared benefit between two or more parties, and in a way that together you are creating greater benefit than you could individually, like working individually. So one of the ways that I like to try explain where I see some of the differences is, for instance, in if you consider a sales or affiliate kind of structures where there is there's still exchange of value between two part, part, parties so that it can sort of sort of show up as being potentially like a partnership but I see those in a very different context because I see those things as happening there's there's an exchange that goes in one direction and comes back so you provide leads or you are selling something and then somebody gets the product that they purchase but it's a bit more of a one-way direction in the way that I, I see that whereas partnership I see as much more being something where there needs to be mutual value and there needs to be almost like an affiliate agreement in both directions if you wanted to see it like that. Like you would need both directions to happen, but you can't just have one thing going the one way and the other thing coming back the other way because there needs to be, that would be still a, it would create the same scenario as if you had an individual affiliate agreement with one company and then a different one with another company. Like there needs to be something that's an added benefit of these two companies working together in a way that you get, you generate more or you create additional value. And and in, in a lot of t cases, I think I see that additional value as being something that is both beneficial to the parties that are part of the partnership as well as the audience that the, those that partnership is uh, targeting. So very often a partnership um, in, in my context, in the way that I've seen it, is where you've got two companies that are both working together to build products. So I work mostly in product integration partnerships. So I think it's different in different industries. And it's why, like, I'm sure this is why the answer is a little bit of it. It depends because I think it is different in different industries. But within a tech industry, when you're talking about product integration, where there are two companies that have products that work together and you're trying to build a partnership across that product integration, 
there is normally a mutual customer that you're both building your products for. So there's a mutual customer which forms the basis of the partnership. And if you are talking about a partnership from a revenue perspective, potentially you're thinking about the context of can you, as these two partners, acquire more customers, build like grow greater revenue through this through the products that you are building by joining forces in a way. Um, but I think the key lens there as well is that you also need to be considering the, the, the customer at the end of the day that is using those products. And what do they get that is better by you working together that they wouldn't if you had individual products? So what about that integration? Is there deeper product functionality that comes about because of the now the deeper relationship that you have formed between the two companies it's a long answer mm -hmm. but <laughs> i'll stop there yeah good good answer yeah very very good answer because my 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 assumption or maybe my um like first thought on this topic is that partnership is a it's a very very popular concept and everything is a partnership uh, like to some extent and there are partnership programs in, in every major technology provider and not all are created equal and also i have a feeling that those partnership programs are a little bit i don't know maybe inflated because if you are for example a vendor of a given technology someone has to integrate that technology to the customer and then this is already a partnership so i'm that's why i i would love to know more about you know how to structure the partnership because otherwise you know i'm selling i don't know bricks and a partner is implementing those bricks in a building you know and this and this is you know taking this to a construction you know industrial yes. say and yes. very like and simplifying stuff to the yeah, I think that's that's maybe where I see that being a bit different. Like I do see a fundamental difference between a client relationship versus a partner relationship. And and to me, those two things are quite different. So in an environment, um, so if I'm thinking about a an agency that's build solutions for a client. Like sure, there's a lot that is similar in terms of how you want to try build. You can see that as a partnership because you together are working closely to understand how you can provide the best website for the customer at the end of the day or that kind of thing. But I think the foundation of that relationship in my mind still sits at a account management and it's it's more of a a supply of a res of a of a product and and it's more of a kind of, it more sits into this kind of sales environment and not as much into a partnership environment because there's there's an element of one wayness happening in there where there is a service being rendered and value being give, like paid or you know like the, you're going to have some kind of service charge for that so there's there's a two-way street obviously but it's it's very much you know one thing is handed and the value of that comes back so and that that is so like in a construction industry i would see that as being a little bit more of that kind of like one-way direction and less of a partnership um in a partnership context it might be more a case of you've got a construction company and a building materials company that want to try to do something together that individually they don't want to just sell products to each other they want to actually manufacture and research a new product that hasn't been built before and they need the expertise from both teams with different perspectives to be able to create something that individually their companies couldn't do and you need aligned incentives, you need kind of shared knowledge in a way that is a little bit beyond just a, I'm going to sell you a product that you can pay me for. Mm -hmm. This is a very interesting example, because when I was thinking about construction industry, which most of people has have some kind of contact with, right? Everyone <laughs> needed to do something in other, uh, other apartment. I'm, I was trying to figure out what would be a partnership uh, within that industry. And your example is one I, I have never thought of, like 
a company manufacturing materials and a construction company working as a partner that would, for example, test those in on, on in you know on on new constructions, for example, or new ways of constructing. And this way, the the the, the material company don't doesn't have the, those opportunities to test in. Uh, you know, in real life, those those products on a commercial uh, construction site. So, so this this is a very interesting example. Yeah, um, yeah, and and there's I can maybe offer a, another one that I've actually seen in the construction industry as well. Um, which is a bit of a new thing, but particularly so if uh, maybe not construction companies, but often if you get like um, investment companies that that uh, are property investors. And they, I've seen one or two scenarios of partnership with a company that is running like a co-living or a co-working space where they're invest into the property, but then it comes with a business model of how to use that property. How do you actually, so rather than just selling the space to rental for having shops or whatever, like shop rentals or normal kind of usage rentals, there's there's a collaboration with how do we work with a company where they need the property and they need the space and there's a longer term kind of uh, relationship there that needs to be formed where it's not just a standard lease like there's a little bit more that comes in with that yeah mm-hmm. uh, now now I thought maybe also about um, franchise model which is very uh, uh, not present in let's say agency space and and software space more on uh, physical uh, locations uh, but franchise is all like always marketed as a you are our partners you know there's franchise giver and all of those franchisees so the the the, the, the small businesses taking the franchise are are your partners but I, I this is a, a case where I don't see this as a partnership because uh, okay I Maybe I am taking a, a business model and the whole um, operation model, how to set this up. But this is, I don't see a partnership there. There is very, this is most of the time very strict uh, agreement, penalties for not uh, applying to that, uh, to, those, to those rules. This is very like penalized model. <laughs> and, and this is, I don't have a feeling this is about partners rather than executors of, uh, of a plan. Something like this. Yes, and yeah, and I'd agree with that. I think that's that that's where I I definitely have a slightly uh, narrower definition of partnership, and and it because it is very easy to go down a rabbit hole where almost everything and everyone is included into partnership. And I think I think what has happened, and I mean this is very much <laughs> my my perception, but it feels a little bit like the word partnership has been expanded because it is a slightly I think it's considered as a more, it's seen as a stronger word and it's seen as a more collaborative word. So the word is used in situations. And less transactional, if I might, yeah. Yes, but it's used in situations where it's actually what they're trying to do is trying to make a sale sound more attractive or, <laughs> you know, in a way. And, and I'd see exactly. a, a franchise model as something along those lines because and 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 the thing for me that would discs that would remove franchise the franchise model from a concept of partnership for me is that the franchisee is not adding anything back into the franchise model it is much more of a one way street and sure the franchisee gets value from being able to have the centralized services offered by the group structure of that franchise. So there's not that there's not value in it. I just don't see it as a partnership because there isn't the same incentives. There isn't a model that is structured to be a collaborative, like we're growing this together. Like you say, there's a bunch of rules that the franchisee owner has to maintain and contribute revenue back into the central source to get benefit for that. But it's a it's a one for one it's a one for one um, transfer. It there's there's you know what I mean. There's those things are not because of that transfer increasing the value to the customer or the value to each other in that scenario. There is nothing nothing 
else flowing back other than revenues to the franchise owner, right? Yes, and and I guess it it's the calculation, right? It's um, what is flowing back and forth is the same value, and the there's a there's a network effect to being part of a you know. So if you had to start a store on your own versus starting it with a franchise. There's a network effect. There's a there's a kickstart effect, so you can be a little faster at your at your initial. You can get customers because of the brand that comes with that. So there is benefit to it, but that benefit sort of sits in individual cases. It's the same benefit for anyone that chooses to be that franchisee owner. It's 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 a little bit nuanced, and I think it's 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 hard to explain, but. Um, I can't think of how you would make that into something that would be more of a partnership, but um, I guess... Maybe the business model prevents yes. going to anything more than that because, you know, business model also dictates what can be and cannot be done. Uh, so I'm also wondering what are other um, what are other models where there are companies co- cooperating more than collaborating, but rather cooperating like... Um, affiliate model, for example, or um, referral model. Is there any place for partnership there? I think there can be, but then I don't see it as being an affiliate model anymore. You know, and and I th- I think that would for me be. Is there again? It becomes a question of is there additional benefits? So when you are in a standard affiliate model, you are working with a company that you say we have a product we want to offer we want to access your customer base as an acquisition channel and we can offer you a kickback in revenue for that but it's i would say i guess the the scales are even the calculation like you've got to figure out what value you return for the value of that customer for that customer acquisition but it's it's a it's a calculation of a one of still a balanced scale and at the end of the day the customer that buys that product gets the same product that they would get irrespective of where you know the the customer comes in through different channels but the product that they get at the end of the day is the same and in a partnership environment i would expect that the product that the customer gets at the end of the day is in some way elevated or more integrated so if you have a stronger relationship with that with that that other partner that is bringing you the customers um is there something about that customer coming through that channel that is fundamentally better or improved because of the relationship that you've created with that with that partner so is the is the onboarding process more streamlined? Is there a way that the customer now can not have to enter their data multiple times? Like, can you integrate at a product level to make the onboarding experience better? Does that partnership allow for greater investment? Does it allow you to invest more back into the product growth so that the feature set available for that product is more advanced than it would be with that product being built in isolation. Like those are the kinds of things where it then moves beyond just an affiliate program because now you're thinking together, how do our products work together? But I I don't know if I can think of an example where that would be the case where there isn't some layer of product integration because otherwise, how are you benefiting the customer in any particular way? Sometimes there will be an offer of um, discounts, that kind of thing. But in general, and I think a lot of this comes down to kind of the the motivating business model behind a lot of those decisions is often still acquisition. And as soon as the motivation in my mind is primarily focused on acquisition only, it falls outside of a partnership. It's much more in a like a sales relationship and with you know like still has value and an acquisition strategy is needed but it then i don't i wouldn't call that a partnership mm-hmm. but, but do you refer to acquisition of the whole business or other customer acquisition uh customer acquisition 
Yes, in that context, right. yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I thought maybe where, where there is a partnership opportunity, there might be a tendency to, for example, for the bigger partner to think of the small partner as uh, acquisition, not target, but a potential for acquisition and grow, be, be creating a bigger group, for example. I guess even even if there isn't an, a partnership agreement, and I, you know, these terms all are quite um, flexible in a way. So, you know, whether an affiliate is not a partner or is a partner, I think is a bit debatable. It depends on your company and how you use that term. But I wouldn't necessarily call a the the legal agreement between those two parties as a partnership agreement, for instance. You know that kind of, um, but could a acquisition agreement or an affiliate style agreement still be the best version or way for you to work together as two companies? Very possibly. Might that still be a way to test and prove whether a company is a potential target very possibly I, you know like I, I, I wouldn't necessarily think that a partnership is a like a true kind of what I'm terming as a partnership is necessary as a way to judge whether a company is like a good target from an acquisition perspective mm -hmm. yeah I, I, I was just thinking that you know there's that tendency where businesses are looking for um, synergies Yeah. And um, those synergies are also um, exploited to say, um, like, uh, maybe not a perfect word to, to describe, it, describe it, but take advantage of, like, there are partnership opportunities, let's, let's, let's grow them and maybe acquire a, a business to, you know, benefit in full from those synergies. But, uh, you know, this is, this is obviously a risk of the, of orders of a magnitude bigger, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I do think that that is the foundation of any sales partnership, if you want to call it that, or like a, a more integrated product partnership. Um, I think the foundation is very often a shared customer based, you know, where are the synergies between how you are, uh, working for your customers, what you're building for your customers, And and something like an affiliate agreement or something that is a little bit more of just an acquisition channel might be the most simple way to start to figure out where those synergies are. And you start to learn from customer feedback through those agreements. Is there more that we could be doing together? Are there, are there things that customers are requesting? And could we expand this partnership or could we go from an affiliate agreement into more of a partnership structure by solving some of these problems that are coming through or some of these challenges that customers are asking for? Um, so I, I, I don't think there's necessarily a single path to figuring out what that is. And very often understanding how a partnership might be structured requires a little bit of learning to like you say explore where are those synergies what are what would be benefits to our customers mm -hmm. yeah, so so you have touched upon uh, on a couple of interesting topics so maybe then since we have this like discussed what are different um cooperation models where are those partnership um let's see opportunities how in your opinion opinion it usually starts so what is what is the moment that or event that triggers those thoughts about uh, partnering with another with another company certainly in my experience a lot of what i see is an identification of shared customers um, or a shared target audience very often and That that often is the starting point for a conversation or the reason to reach out to a particular company is to say, we're using your product or our customers are using both of our products at the same time. How might we work together to support those customers better? How might we work together to grow our individual businesses faster? Uh, I think that's often the, the start of the conversation. What's been interesting for me, I think, in my 
years of working in this so far has been that that is not enough. And I would say sort of in some ways it is where the idea starts, but it is not enough as a foundation for a partnership to just have shared customers. And this is why I speak a lot about where's that extra value that you're generating because very often actually when you're talking about shared customers, you also are likely talking to a possible competitor, not necessarily an entire competitor, you know, the whole business may not compete with you directly on all aspects, but there may well be some aspects of your business that do compete. And understanding how you can draw those lines between where are you competing and where are you partnering is a lot of what where that nuance of the conversation comes in to ensure that your partnership incentives are actually aligned to the same goals and the same incentives because it can be quite easy to just go, well, if we have shared customers, we should work together. But often that then means either you're now sort of, you're, you're almost creating less rather than more because now you're trying to offer the same product to, <laughs> to, to the same customer. So you're not actually like, you're not benefiting the customer and in some ways you're, you're counterproductive to your own growth. Um, and, and the other problem is, is that sometimes what can happen is, is that just because you have shared customers doesn't necessarily mean that there's a business model that supports working together and committing resources to a partner in a way that that is going to actually grow those customers more. I think finding a business model that works can sometimes be the the, the sticky point that is hard to get over because the acquisition strategy may make sense. It might be the right audience. It might have technical ability to be able to work with the systems together. There might be benefit that you could offer customers but at the end of the day, the one product is or where you've got most shared customers, the product on the one side is actually free at that point. And there isn't there isn't a business model that supports that partnership. So it, it does get a bit tricky at that point. So I guess it's it's still the right starting point, but it's not necessarily enough to define that there is a good partnership structure. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm thinking what might be that common platform for looking for value in, in, in partnership, for example, in agency space, because this can be, this can be implementing suitable tool, but also a way of two agencies working together with mutually complementing technologies, for example, or services and, and one agency, agency, not uh, like, like, um, with a very narrow focus, with a client with a little bit broader um, expectations, can partner up with with another agency with the missing missing um, missing services. This this I see as a partnership in an agency space where two agencies can um, can work with one client to the benefit of the client and and working together, having worked together for a long time. It's different than if those two agencies would be managed by the client um, and they didn't know, didn't work together um, uh, previously. So so this is this is my take. I'm, I'm wondering what, what what's your opinion on this? Yeah, I definitely think that there would be examples. I'd, I don't know of any specifically, but I would imagine that that would be possible. I think to determine whether or to try sort of initiate those conversations or understand how to explore those conversations a big part of it for me is understanding what your niche is so being able to identify what your differentiating factors are what is your core skill as a company is particularly if you are talking about a partnership between say in this example two agencies where you are in a lot of ways at a foundational level, competitors and not partners. So it's in what instances can you actually be partners and not competitors? And that comes down to a lot of the time in understanding what your 
what your niches and what your particular strengths are allows you to then be able to explore, okay, but these if these are our strengths and if this is where we're focusing and this is where we want to hone in our skills, we can offer a better, more rounded service to our customers if we hone in on that, on those things and partner with another agency that's honing in on another area that supports what we're doing. But understanding your core skills and knowing how to speak to those and knowing how to articulate those and keep them into kind of like a bucket of these are our core skills is a key part of being able to have those conversations in a way that they don't derail into competitive spaces because that will obviously come up because like foundationally you are often going to be competitors potentially. Um, And I can definitely see how that would work, particularly like in an enterprise space, for instance, where there are quite a lot of quite bespoke, very time consuming needs of those customers. The sales cycle can be really long. So being, you know, being able to work together and honing in on where your core skills are, I would imagine works really well in that environment. I think it might depend on the industry and the size of the of the of the client to figure out like how you would make that work. Um, and then the other the other way to do it could be potentially, like you say, like there might actually at an agency level even be a if the agency focuses more on building solutions that extend services, and is there collaboration that could happen between different products, then it starts to become more of a product partnership discussion rather than an agency partnership discussion potentially. Mm-hmm. This made me think again about construction business. I don't know why I'm going back to, the, to that <laughs> sector. Building houses, not websites but, but, in your head. <laughs> oh, yeah, I might be, but no, not yet. Uh, but but a couple of friends are building. Uh, that's why I'm very like immersed in their problems <laughs> and multiple, you know, um, subcontractors. And they are, you know, de facto project managers on that construction sites. Uh, you know, you are, let's say, I don't know, a painter. Now you have to be a construction uh, site manager. Uh, otherwise, you you won't uh, end up with what you <laughs> with what you wanted. But this made me think about big enterprise construction um, uh, projects where there are two companies going together to win the the project, and they are uh, creating a consortium consortium um, and and doing this together. And I might thing that this is like the I, I wanted to say this is the like ultimate level of partnership but this is one of only so it's not like this will be happening for many many more customers it's it's a project related uh, consortium it will get dissolved after the project is completed so you cannot do this without one w- w- without a partner but at the same time this doesn't doesn't fulfill the uh, definition of partnership where where there is or maybe it is maybe this is one off partnership with all of the uh, with all of the perks of being having a partner yeah and and it does i mean this is this is why the definition and why it's such a big question to start with as well because it is it is actually a, it, it's a tricky thing um and it does become quite nuanced when you get to the examples it gets very nuanced and it's why it's actually i, I think very useful to have um example cases to to think about and talk through because I don't think there's a clear right or wrong answer to this right it's more just about sort of like what's your framing and how are you using that framing to improve how you do your business how are you using that framing to consider what growth might look like or what you know so in this context for instance what comes to mind for me is the what what I would question I guess to to evaluate Am I approaching this from a partnership mindset or am I approaching this from just a, you know, so, uh, you know, or, or am I approaching this just from a perspective of what will win me this, this, this contract? And if it's just a case of I need to have another company because I can't offer all of these, I can't offer the whole project. And in order for me to win my piece of the project, I need someone else involved. To me, that's still... That's that's not really a partnership. That's just a I need to fill all the holes to be able to fill to be able to get the piece that I want. But I'm not getting more by having those other people involved. 
I just am able to get the piece that I want. So, you know, so it, which is the slight distinction in, in, the, in the way that I see it is that there's, am I, am I just finding a way to get what I want in the same quantity as I would otherwise? And that's a little bit similar to affiliate agreement, right? Like if, so, if someone is bringing me a customer, but I still have the same customer, that, that customer is still the same amount of value to me irrespective of whether I got it through an affiliate or I went and found that customer directly. And maybe, you know, but like I get access to more customers, but I've got the same customer at the end of the day. And in this environment um, or in this context as a, as a kind of example case, um, it's some of the questions that I would, I would sort of ask myself is as the, as the contractor who's, who's looking for this work to be done, do they get more by having multiple companies work together or would they get the same service if they just went to four different people? So the only extra value that they're potentially getting is they get to sign one deal with this consortium rather than signing four deals. But at the end of the day, that value difference is pretty negligible. Like there's a bit of admin difference you know, but it's not, there's no like fundamental value difference between those two things. And, and similarly, yeah. <laughs> so, so those are the, those are the two, those are the two examples of questions like me as an individual, do I get more for my bucket or do I just get access to that bucket as the customer? Do I get more by going through all of these four companies or do I just get the four pieces put together? You know, so it's one plus one plus one plus one equals four, but one plus one in that environment doesn't equal three. And that's kind of where I would want to see a partnership. So one of the things that I think could come up in that example would be if those two companies that have formed this consortium do it in a way that they look at how they could offer more than if they were two separate pieces that were being just attached to each other to be offered for this project, and some of those things might come in uh, understanding ways of working. So a lot of the time partnership in the way that I see it is about communication and about interpretation. How do you work more effectively together? And how do you start to blend ways of working between two companies that have very different cultures, that have very different norms and understandings about how work gets done? So is there something about that consortium that has been formed that allows the employees between those companies through that project to work more efficiently and effectively together? So rather than the work happening individually on two sides, have we created through this partnership structures and ways of working that translate between those companies better so that those people work more, work better together? So now, now we're starting to get to the point where now we're not just one plus one equals two, we're now one plus one equals three. Because now we've added an extra layer that this customer now actually gets a better joint service out of those out of that consortium than they would by going to the two individual companies directly. Mm -hmm. I, I really like that during our conversation we are like debunking uh, some partnership myths, you know, <laughs> around all of those uh, names for for cooperate, cooperation between uh, businesses. I, I really like this because those are not bad concepts or bad uh, business models, but the, as you mentioned, the, the inflation and the, like, like uh, inflation of the word partnership to cover the um, regular client uh, customer transaction uh, is really it's really interesting because I think partnership is very difficult because, for example, in 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 retail or in in I don't know in manu manufacturing, you you are manufacturer of of hardware, let's say, and you are the manufacturer, but someone has to sell it, and you have network of partners, and those are resellers. So there is also a reseller partner distributor manufacturer model you know depending on the on, on the sector how, how what's the name but this is like a chain of from the one and my, one, one and only manufacturer down the the ladder a ladder of 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 layers of the onion let's say to the outer um, to the outer space to the customer so th th this is also i i guess a regular reseller model but the expectation as well is for the manufacturer 
for those partners and resellers to also make moves and also um, make efforts to sell the, the, the those products not only rely on what the manufacturer provides in the let's say in the in, in the pack in the starter pack let's say for those uh, for those networks uh, to start so even though this is very old model because this is old <laughs> you know the the, the 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 hardware goods are very old as a business concept uh, to to and, and products to distribute but there is, I think, a little bit of a partnership in a sense. This should work together. There are different partners with different customer base, um, and and this should work as a cooperation rather than transaction. But if we look at this from the perspective you explained, if the cust if the end customer um, has a better product with this partnership being in place versus you know ordering from from whatever the the online uh, shop they they will find with the cheapest price is it any different for for the end customer and i i, I always ask very long questions so i beg your pardon but there is a huge direct to consumer trend right now where the where the manufacturers are uh, selling directly to consumers and only high-end maybe products are sold through channels because there is a lot of knowledge that has to be put into the sales um, uh, sales process for the customer to be happy because maybe you know the, the product is the same but the um, identification of the product across range of products is what the partnership so the benefit of the customer, uh, the, the bigger benefit, more value, because the product will be more suitable for their needs. So very long question, my thoughts, <laughs> what would you say to this? Uh, I'm not I'm not sure I know exactly what the question is, but I have some thoughts, so I'll just... Yeah, no <laughs> question, just, I guess. Just... <laughs> Again, I, I get this feedback that there is no question. <laughs> but, it, but it sparks thinking, so that's great. Uh, so so what, what comes to mind, and I, like... I think I still, I still sort of, I still sort of guess I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always questioning for myself. At what point do I consider something moving from a sales relationship into a partnership relationship? You know, and that that line is a bit blurry. It's a little bit shifts around depending on how you know the angle that you choose to look at it from. But, um, but I guess. A lot of those models I would see as being quite traditional, like sales distribution models, and and it's true. Like I think I think a lot of those environments are changing because the value of accessing of of being able to access customers is changing because of having the internet and being able to sell through direct channels more easily and being you know like a lot of these channels have become easier for the direct customer or the, the direct company, the manufacturing company, for instance, to access. In some cases, that is true. In some cases, it's not. In some cases, it's not the core skill of the, of the manufacturer. So they're better off working with a sales agency because their score, core skill is not branding, is not customer support, is not, you know, all of those things. And I can see even how that might relate to an agency universe where one agency might have a lot stronger core skills within the technical environment, but is better off working with another company that has stronger relationship skills in terms of the account management of the actual customer or um, whether it be the branding side or the distribution across sort of just awareness within certain regions or, you know, I think there's there's a lot of those kinds of things where acquisition ultimately is the goal of that partnership, but where you're bringing different strengths to to that agreement. Um, I think in, in relation to um, like the sales environment, the other thing that I thought of, which is a slightly different topic, but um, is the thing with partnership, I think, is that the deeper you want to go down that sales channel, like a, a straight affiliate or straight sort of like partnership acquisition strategy or a sales acquisition strategy is often something that you can, you can set up once off and scale quite a lot. Deep partnerships and finding structures that can really support gr like much broader growth, extra product growth, greater value to the customer 
often also comes with quite a lot of resource requirements from both companies. So you're having to commit quite a lot into that partnership. So even sometimes, and this is this is where sometimes like the business model side of it breaks because they often come with a lot of effort to be able to get that sort of level of a deep partnership where now you're improving, you know, you're creating additional product features or you are changing the nature in which so that you can offer more. Offering more often comes with investment. And this is why there needs to be quite a strong basis of a business model that sits behind that. And ideally something that grows over time, like these are long-term, at least the, the style of partnerships that I work mostly with, they're much longer term and they're designed to kind of, as you grow, you invest more, but they require investment. And that often is resources. It's, it's aligning goals. You know, if you're, if you're putting investment into something as a company, you can't be investing into goals of the other company. So you've got to find a way to have, like that only works when your shared, the individual goals between the companies are somewhat aligned and the partnership can then kind of tie into those, those shared, those shared goals. So a lot of what I end up doing in, in a, in a partnership role is, understanding what those goals are where are their synergies between our various goals so it's it's understanding customer synergies it's understanding company level goal synergies and targets or um you know focus areas you might have times where you need to back away from the partnership slightly because actually your shared goals are not as aligned as they used to be and there's still a basis that's worth keeping it there but if you you don't you don't you no longer have the level of resources available to like invest as much into that partnership anymore um and i and i guess so so if i go back to the original discussion of the kind of like the sales networks for instance it would be a case of saying it might sound because it sounds like such a great value to have these partnerships it might sort of seem like well, I as a as a company that has the sales network should try figure out how to partner with everyone in that network because the more people I can partner with, the better. But that comes with a lot of investment and often that's too like it's too much. So what you're doing is probably saying, how do I set up the sales network to to get the distribution that I need? And then how do I start to find, identify who are the one or two sales suppliers in this chain that are showing greater growth, that are showing better alignment in our ways of working? Is there a synergy between how our companies work and our employee culture that potentially if there are synergies in that employee culture, does that help us work more closely together and be able to be a bit faster than some of the other agencies that or the other sales networks or whatever that we work with like are there things that we can tack in that tap into in a way that could motivate for additional investment into those one or two but you can't just expand that because you don't have endless resources <laughs> internally to be able to do mm -hmm. that yeah obviously yeah 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 ask me for everything right yes and uh, and, and so. exactly and very often like what i what i see as well sorry i'm going off on a tangent again but often what i also see is a identification of the opportunity and value and not enough of an awareness of the investment that it requires in order to access that opportunity and whether that investment is worth it in comparison to the level of opportunity that's available that's very interesting. So I, I like I like this tangent a lot because <laughs> after you know at the end of the day uh, the the whole effort put into the partnership has to pay off. Otherwise, uh, has to doesn't ha doesn't have to. But you know <laughs> it's better if, if it does. So I have two questions, and those will be question those <laughs> will be proper questions this time. <laughs> so question number one: Let's imagine we started the partnership, and what are the indicators that? Okay, we, we are we are done. No, no, no this is, this doesn't work anymore or never worked. You know how to assess if the partnership is um, working out that uh, wor wor working, uh, and and 
later I will ask the second question okay. <laughs> because otherwise, you know, we, 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 it will get messy. No worries. Uh, it's a it's a good question, and I think this is a this is a bit of a moving target, and I think it is something that you as a team need to constantly be aware of and constantly talking about to to judge kind of where that line is because it can be. I think one of the things that 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 shows up often um, is actually not a commercial indicator, and it is more of a relationship indicator. It's and and more around kind of is this you know a lot of partnership requires this extra investment, and it means that you you need to work with people that are that are nice to work with. If I want to put it that way, you know, if you are if you are struggling to kind of find alignment between how you work together if it's if it if it feels very competitive then I would say that's often an indicator that something's misaligned and sometimes that can just be a case of misaligned um, expectations and and that can be resolved through different ways of communication it might actually indicate a more fundamental difference of opinion of what value, what what the shared value actually is. Um, so I'd say most of the time, the, the, these are things that are hard to evaluate at a objective level, but very often the indicators are, you know, the conversations are more combative. There's there's a there's a difficulty in sort of getting to the point of agreement on things there's and and often that'll come in there's a misalignment in terms of expectation for commitment and and investment into that partnership does one party feel like they're getting a lot more does it feel even is it balanced or not a lot of the time that comes down to to misaligned um uh expectations and and trying to, I think, getting to specifics often is the way to understand, is this just something that we're misaligned on? Or is it that we have not clearly defined what our success metrics are? And how far apart are those things? Like, have we spoken actual numbers? Does one company expect that what good looks like is 10 new customers and the other company thinks that what good looks like is 100 new customers? you're likely going to find that down the line, if that was the case and it wasn't defined, which it sounds easy to say that, but at the end of the day, it's actually quite hard sometimes to identify what success looks like for you. Um, and sometimes success can be things that are not measurable very easily, which makes it even harder. Then you've got to really be like playing open communication to try and understand what those things are. Um and yeah, so, so so understanding kind of like what your goals are together, I think often is the indicator of things are not working if you've got very different expectations as to what good looks like. And to complicate the image, partnerships tend to be a long, long investment, long process, doesn't, uh, the, 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 the results aren't instantaneous, let's say. So as with, with every think sales related but partnerships i think are most it's either very early results like the the initial batch of waiting customers because they, they those were the initiate the like the um, the triggers that made those two partners work with because those were the customers we can do this for and then later on nothing and then how because it's it's there's a plateau of silence, let's say, nothing, nothing going on. And that's why I was asking, you know, how to evaluate if these partnerships make sense for a longer run. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and time is another factor as well, right? Like, you know, the success metrics that I was speaking about before, sometimes the number is the same, but the time frame in which people are expecting that to happen is different. All right. And where, where should the uh, partnership uh, sit in the org chart, let's say. Yeah, if we are thinking about, you know, partnership being important element of the business model, let's say. Yeah, and I, I, I think it depends a lot on the, the extent to which partnership drives your company growth. I think if you, 
you know, and, and also team size, right? Like org structure is a hard thing to identify because if the, if what makes most sense for the company size is to have one partnership person that's going to put them in at an org level, like in a very different place to, to if you've got a team of people or multiple teams of people. So I'll try answer as generically as possible. But um, I think, so some of the things that I've seen a little bit when it comes to org structures, and, and this is where, like, it depends on how you define what partnership means, but you can have situations where partnership sits within the general sales structure of the organization. So whether that be under a CRO or a sales team or something like that, um, but within the, the sales environment. And, and to me, often those are, that means that the, that as a company, you are valuing more acquisition and sales channels as your mechanism for partnership, which in my mind is quite a, you know, on the scale of where sales versus partnership lives, it's sort of much closer to the sales side, right? Like you're you're much more in an acquisition target, um, and and you might have large scale deals, so like you know bulk deals or whatever. But to me, that still sits on the sales side of the scale for the definition of partnerships. Um, where it sits outside of that, I think, is it then becomes a little bit tricky to understand kind of beyond that. It depends on how your company is structured. Um, there's definitely partnerships is at the end of the day, mostly focused. There is still an element of acquisition involved, of customer acquisition. There's still an element of revenue growth involved. So it's still going to be somewhere in the kind of like growth environment. I would say it needs to sit within a within a within a team or org chart structure that uh, focuses on longer term value growth rather than like short term wins so I'd, I'd expect it doesn't sit somewhere that is a like a, a growth hacking team for instance or you know like a, a part of the company that is looking at at quick wins or at optimizing short term elements of the business so that I'd, I'd expect to see it in in areas of the business that are a little bit more longer term focused that are a little bit more um I guess yeah structured structured in a way that it is not necessarily just sales focused um and I think sitting under a sales team would would swing the focus a little bit too much but Outside of a sales team, it's kind of hard to say. Like where, you know, it sort of depends on on the rest of the marketing structure. Maybe? I think marketing is tricky because marketing's focus is still primarily around marketing. Focus normally is around like brand and acquisition. So, and and this is why I say like I think some some organizations are creating an entire kind of channel that sits on the same level as sales, marketing, and then partnerships. It's its own thing. So it's not under a another structure it is its own structure and I think in businesses where partnership is a core piece of how you do your work and your business model then it probably makes most sense for it to live as its own entity um but yeah that depends a lot on on how the rest of your business is structured I have seen instances as well where the partnerships are more product focused and it actually sits under a product team for instance so yeah okay. so the, I, I, like I, I really think it is a, it's a it's a tricky one and I, I think understanding how you want partnerships to well, the kind of focus you want on your partnerships within your business and and what the structure and nature of your type of partnership is in your business helps to kind of identify where it should live like if it's more about acquisition marketing or sales might make sense if it's a big part of your business its own entity might say, make sense if it's very heavily weighted towards product development, then somewhere in the engineering and product team actually might make a lot of sense. All right. So I have, I think, last question uh, for you. It's about trust. And is trust playing any special role? Or is it same role as with every other business, you know, interaction between companies? I mean, I think it's a core part of a lot of business. <laughs> so wh whether it's more or less than others is hard to say, but I do think it is a, it is a core element of the more you plan to invest into a partnership or into another company, 
the more you need to know and and build that relationship and trust with that company to make sure that you have articulated what your shared incentives are and discussed what those expectations are. In my mind, a lot of the time, actually, the contracting phase and going through actually defining your partnership on a legal in a legal format is is often a good way to get to the details of exact wording and exact expectations because that's where like legal wording is quite a useful mechanism for that I find where it it forces you to think about things in a much more uh, detailed way and also often with a mindset I think when you when you start talking about a partnership you often are thinking about the best case scenario and it's easy to develop trust in the best case scenario when you're thinking about growth and all these wonderful things where trust falls down is in situations where things don't go as you expected and often when you're forming a partnership you don't know how it's going to go you don't know how customers are going to respond you don't really know if this is going to be a success so understanding how you work together and building that trust with the other company to be able to walk away if it doesn't make sense anymore or to be able to dig into some of the things that are not working to understand where you might be able to to improve or to change the structures to make that work I think that's a big it's a core element of making sure that you can keep that relationship going um, and and kind of dig into it enough to know but yeah, so there's, I, I see I see the two sort of like under the I find the legal contracts as as a good way to kind of judge that or to figure out whether you know like where how how close you are actually um and 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 partly because of that because sort of at least my impression of of legal things is often kind of uh, taking the lens of what happens in the worst case scenario. Um, and and trying to build in mechanisms that mean that things don't fall apart in the worst case scenario, you know, um, yeah, which is a it's an it's an it makes it an interesting perspective, but I think it it, it can be a helpful a helpful mechanism for for partnerships as yeah. This is interesting because this makes you think about um, the downside of of the cooperation and you know how how to end it. <laughs> and yes. if the things are not going as, as planned and this is i think most like uncon like unpleasant part of every deal that though there are like downsides to, to consider because you know partnerships are 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 in my opinion at least that they are thought of as opportunities uh, but uh, they come with with a little bit of a risk as well as with every agreement. So there is that yeah. first uh, f first thinking about yeah. you know downsides yeah. and, and, and consequences. One one last comment. I think uh, something that I find very useful as a as a tool to use in thinking about these kinds of things is to consider if you would sign both sides of the agreement or if you would see value in both so if you were the other company would you sign this because very often for a partnership to work there needs to you both need to see success otherwise it tends to fall apart um so it can be a useful way to kind of go understand the other party's goals and understand their perspective of what are they getting out of this so rather than just approaching the conversation from a perspective of what you want to get, which is much more of a sales mindset, if you would think about it like that, um, is kind of a partnership mindset to me in comparison is a lot more of understanding what is the, what is the other party getting out of this and how can I offer that in a way that is least costly to me but offers them great value and what do I want to get and how can I achieve that from them in a way that doesn't cost them a lot. So that it's it's one lens that you can kind of use as a bit of a tool to understand like how would I make this work? Would I sign this agreement from the other side? And if your answer is absolutely not, you're probably asking for something too much, you know, or you you need to find a different way to structure it or whatever. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I, <laughs> I love this ending because this... Um, 
this is very fresh and universal uh, to any kind of agreement, really, because uh, I love how you how you have how you have framed it. Are you would you be willing to sign both ends of agreement? So th- I, I I absolutely love it. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's a tricky thing sometimes to put yourself in those shoes as well because, <laughs> like, you don't know that person's perspective either. But yeah, but it's a it's a it's a good tool. <laughs> yeah, um, Rosalind, thank you very much for uh, for our conversation. Um, I I really like how how we have uh, covered all of those uh, different ways of cooperating in with that partnership uh, glasses, let's say. Thank you very much and uh, see you next time, hopefully. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks. That's been really great. And I enjoy the questions and the non-questions. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great oh, conversation. You're the first one that enjoyed non-questions. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Also Thank about you. the conversation. It's great. Wonderful. Thanks, Mache. If you like what you've just heard, don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. On the other hand, if you've got a question we haven't answered yet, feel free to reach out to us directly. Just go to awesomestudio.com forward slash contact. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode of the Awesome to Know podcast.